You're listening to the Dungeons, Dragons, and Psychology Podcast. Most of my effective campaigns have been the ones that I have written or created myself. The process of building something unique always enhances my connection to the story, and it always seems to enhance the player's connection as well. Modules and adventure paths and stories that follow known settings can be really great and a lot of fun, but they can also be ruined when players have out-of-character knowledge or expectations about the setting, or they read spoilers about the plot. My name is Robert Walker, author of Session Zero, the DMG to writing great campaigns in any system, and this is my show where I teach collaborative storytellers how to have more immersive campaigns using psychology. Writing your own campaign eliminates foreknowledge about what the story is going to hold, and it gives your players the opportunity to have a truly one-of-a-kind experience, which is why I have always preferred writing my own stories, writing my own campaigns, and I think in general, it's what I would recommend to most GMs. Now, I understand that there is a time and a place for modules and adventure paths. I think if you're just trying to get right into a story and you don't have the time or the opportunity to do a lot of prep work, they can be great and you can be playing in a very short amount of time. But if you do want to give your players, like I mentioned before, that really exclusive experience, that one-of-a-kind story, they're only going to get it with something that is one-of-a-kind. I mean, we've all heard the various stories of Curse of Strahd or the two different uh, paths of the Temple of Elemental Evil. There's a lot of great campaigns out there that exist and really fantastic stories that have been written But unless you're truly modifying it, if you're following it right out of the book, you're not giving your characters a -a one-of-a-kind experience. They can go online right now and listen to other players playing those stories. They can read spoilers and plot synopses of all of these stories that are already in existence, but they won't have any of those resources available if you're giving them something that's entirely unique, something entirely created by you. So today we're going to be talking about laying the foundations of your own campaign. Where do you start with it and how do you begin that process? Even though writing your own campaign does take more time and more energy, it doesn't have to be hard to do and it doesn't have to, you know, suck all of the time out of your day. The process I use to have a campaign ready to run typically takes me about four hours. Sometimes I've even sped through this process in about an hour while players are creating characters and I come up with what I need to start running that campaign by the time they're done with character building. So what I'm getting at here is that the process I use is pretty organic and it evolves naturally. You don't need to know before session one the conversation or the the final monologue that the BBEG is going to have in session 50. None of that's really important. You just need enough to know for the game to begin. So my creation process for the new campaign starts typically the same way. I first define what I call the ultimate problem is. What is that thing that the characters must solve at the end of the campaign? This is the same first creation step that you've heard a lot of uh, major fantasy epics of taking, like uh, Harry Potter, um, knowing she knew early on that the problem that had to be solved was Voldemort and the end goal. Um, In the Wheel of Time, you know from book one that the Dark One's prison is breaking open and it must be stopped. And in the Lord of the Rings, we know from the 
very beginning that the ring of power must be destroyed before it falls into Sauron's hands. There's so many stories and challenges along the way in all of these examples, but the common thread that they all share is that the characters are striving ever onwards towards solving that ultimate problem. You don't even have to share this ultimate problem right away with your players, but in my process, I always start by knowing what that problem is, knowing at least a general concept of what it is that they're going to be moving towards, because I always want a direction in which to to lead the party, something that they're going to be moving towards all along from the very get-go. So one of the things I like to do, it's a little trick that I like to have, and we're going to skip over tricks of the trade today because we're just going to be kind of talking about that all in general. So I'll give you the writing symbol and we'll just say that the rest of this episode is tricks of the trade. So what I like to do when I'm especially in a time crunch and I'm trying to get this done quickly for my players is I like to take five minutes to come up with my ultimate problem that needs to be solved by the players. At this point, that problem should be incredibly vague, but it has to be more interesting and more substantial than just kill the big bad guy. It could be something like the god of magic is dying of old age and magic is losing its potency, or perhaps a fallen ancient empire is rising up from the dead, or it could even be something like the world is in the grips of a hundred-year war and the Players are going to ultimately have to fight in that war and help one side or the other be victorious. But write down what your problem is after your five minutes of brainstorming and conceptualizing it. And once you have that, you're done with the first part of my process. In just five minutes, you already know where the plot is eventually going to lead in its final cinematic scenes before the epilogue. So that, that if that first point represents point Z, the end of your story... The next thing I do is I look at point A. After developing the problem that needs to be solved, solved, I decide where are the characters going to begin that epic quest from. Traditionally, in fantasy, these roots are humble beginnings, and I like to follow that tradition. It's, it's often a peaceful and a quiet life, unaffected by the greater problems of the world. Think of Frodo in the Shire, or Randall Thor on his small family farm, or Harry Potter in his little closet underneath the stairs. They all represent a sheltered and unassuming life, which is the perfect springboard for diving into the flowing river of plot that awaits them. So these humble beginnings are super important because they allow the characters to experience growth and development, and I think those are incredibly important parts of the character process. If you start your story with a group of badass worldly heroes, then your players don't really have anywhere to go, but when you have humble beginnings, you have nowhere to go but up, right? You don't, with with heroes already in existence, you, you don't develop the same sense of emotional connection as a, as a player does when their characters have to grow and they have to evolve into their final heroic version. I like to spend a little more time developing these uh, the setting for these humble beginnings than I do the ultimate problem. So normally, this part of creating a campaign takes me an hour or two. And the first piece I like to tackle is the general setting of the humble origins. This is where 
I almost always run my first one to five sessions of actual play. It's what I want you to do at this point is just write down everything that comes to mind about your setting. Is it a small farming community? Are your players going to be brothers and sisters in a monastery? Is it a district in a large city? There's so many options that you can use, but try and start small. Remember, low-level characters are quite literally characters that lack experience. And so if your characters develop these grandiose backstories that have all of this crazy worldly experience and all these things that they've done, why are they level one? And why is it that they can't do that stuff anymore, right? So think small, think humble. Your world will also be growing with your characters and your characters will be growing with your world. By starting small, you can start your campaign quickly, well before the intricate details of the rest of your story have been developed. And that's really important if you're trying to get your game moving at a rapid pace or you don't have a lot of time to plan. Like we're talking right now, maybe you've spent two hours. This is like a character creation and and a conceptualization time. This can all be taking place at the table. You can be figuring this stuff out. And once you have the generic idea for this setting, start adding details. I like to do this by asking myself questions and answering them. So what does life look like in this setting? How do the inhabitants of this place make a living? Where do they go for entertainment? How do they spend their free time? What sorts of skills would people who live in this area naturally have? Does the area have an important resource? Is magic commonplace there? What what are the politics of the area? Just keep asking and answering questions for about another 30 minutes to an hour until you develop a real feel of what this initial setting is going to look like. And at the end of this question and answer period, you will have a lot of details about life in your world and you will be almost ready to place your characters into it. And then the final step I take before incorporating the players is to add well-known, important details that the characters would know. Here I'm dealing with the who, the what, and the where that characters living in this setting would know with the same sort of answering questions that I'm asking myself process. So I would first ask myself, who do the players know in this area? This is how you decide who your first NPCs are going to be that the party is going to encounter, as well as important figures that they're aware of in a broader context. Like if they're living in a kingdom, they would probably know who the king is. So when you answer that question for yourself, you're figuring out who the leader of your nation is. You're just using this question and answer process to build your world piece by piece, question by question. After the who, ask them or ask yourself questions about the what. What would they know about their setting, about the politics, about religion? What would they know about history? And once you've asked a whole bunch of these questions, ask yourself questions relating to the where. What locations would be familiar to the players? Where are they situated in the world? Where are they in uh, in reference to important resources? What important locations do they know about throughout the greater part of the world? Is the capital city a long ways away from them? Are they nearby the ruins of a fallen empire? Is there a mystical forest nearby? Spend another bit of time, another 30 minutes to an hour, just answering these kind of questions, and your starting point is developed enough that your characters are ready to jump into it. Then at this 
point, I would not even be concerned about having my first adventure ready. I'm just laying the foundations for the setting that the heroes are going to start the story from. A different episode will focus on writing the first adventure, but for now, just think of laying the foundations, developing the setting, and having a small world, a small humble setting for your heroes to begin exploring and meeting each other. Once the stage is set, you can move on to giving your players direction and assistance with character creation, and from this point, your world and adventures will be developed around the characters, not devoid of them. So knowing who your main characters are going to be is already very important. I think this is the most I ever really build of a campaign before I know who the characters in it are going to be, because the story is about the heroes, right? It's not about the world. I'm not, I'm not, we're not role-playing the world, we're role-playing the characters. So lay the foundations and let then let everything else be built around them. Now, after you have your foundation set, it's you move on to one of the more exciting parts of the new campaign, which is if your characters haven't created char- if your players haven't created your characters yet, now's the time they're going to do that. You get to run your session zero. Although, as I said, it's possible to rush this whole process while your characters are creating and. I find that to be kind of a really interesting thing, too, because you're just sort of speed running all the information you need to get your characters going. And what's really surprising about all that is those have been some of my most fun campaigns. I think one of our longest running campaigns, and and we've talked about it a lot on this show, uh, was was one that everything was rolled randomly for character creation. And while the characters were rolling like every little aspect of their life randomly, I'm sitting there building the world randomly. You know, I'm, I'm using random generators to get ideas for names and places. And I'm doing this same process that we're talking about here. And then just using generators to fill in the names and by the end of the time they're done with character creation, we start a long, like year and a half long campaign that is just really fun and really interesting. And so I would suggest if you haven't tried a method like this, go back, listen to this episode one more time, write down the ideas that I gave you and give it a shot because I believe you are going to be really, really surprised by how effective building a world in this simple fashion can be and how detailed it will eventually become as you build that world around the heroes. So that's all For our main topic and our tricks of the trade, let's move on to the knowledge check. For our knowledge check today, we're looking at an article by Christopher Kosaski, and it is from the Writing Beginner Tricks Tips and Tricks website, uh, writingbeginner.com, and it's called How to Write a D&D Campaign They'll Love, and it's from his Ultimate DM Guide. In in this article, he, he gives you a lot of information, but I'm just going to go over like the bullet points that he gives you, and I think you'll find a lot of them are pretty similar to things we've talked about on the show, so it's a very good guide to read the entire thing. If you haven't, there will be a link in the show notes. And the first thing he says is to develop a campaign premise. That is uh, exactly what I'm talking about when I was saying earlier in this episode is just figure out the ultimate problem that they have to solve. What is the big thing that the campaign is going to be up 
about. Next, his suggestion is to start small and only build what you need for the next session. This is my begin from hum- humble beginnings. It is only laying the foundations. That's exactly what I was talking about there. He next says the rule of three. Set three things in motion for the party to interact with at the beginning. Uh, you can go back a few episodes of our own show and you will find that we did an episode uh, all about the rules of three and how that works in storytelling. But I agree, that's a very good point. Uh, and again, His next point is something that I was just hashing over in this episode. Let the players build the world with you. And that is absolutely critical. You are not building the world. You're not role-playing the world. It is a game where the collaborative role-play, the collaborative storytelling is happening around the heroes of the story, the main characters of the story. So they need to be involved in the way that the world is shaped. Uh, Next, he suggests prepare structured situations and encounters. If you've read my book, you will find out that this is something that I very much agree with. I don't like random encounters very much. They can be good for passing the time, but I like most elements of my story to have a purpose and have a meaning. So having structure is very important. Uh, Defining the ending, but being flexible on how to get there. And if you've heard this uh, show, I've explained this as sort of the roadmap theory, which is I know where we're starting on a road trip and I know where we're going to go, but I'm letting my characters choose all of the sightseeing along the way. So I know where it's going to end, but they get to decide how we're going to get there. And I think that's very, very similar to what uh, the example he's giving here is. And um, so I would recommend there's a few more points than that. And he goes into a little bit more about details of writing and how to do all that. But I think that's a very good starting point for you. And I would definitely suggest you uh, check out the link in the show notes if you want to read the full article and just get some more ideas. But that is all for today, Cyclothids. Thank you so much for joining me. Again, this was a little bit shorter of an episode. Uh, Just as a reminder, I'm just trying to give you stuff that I've already created and already written from my book for the next few weeks, uh, because my Real life is on a very, very tight schedule right now. I'm currently in the process of opening some new businesses. And so that has kind of got me a little bit busy, but I want you to keep having this content and new information that you can uh, stay engaged with the podcast. As always, leave us reviews, rate us, uh, and reach out to me on Instagram or on Facebook or send me an email directly. Uh, you can find that dungeonsdragonspsychology at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram at dungeons underscore dragons underscore psychology. There you can find a link to our link, link tree uh, where you can get a hold of me in basically every way possible and find us everywhere we are on social media as well as a link to my email address and Until next time, Cyclothid, we'll see you next session.